The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I'm um, only, the audio from this will be posted on Audio Dharma. Nothing will happen with this video. I'm gonna the, um, I will that will get deleted. This uh, the video of it, but the audio will stay just like as if we were at IMC, at, the, where we record the audio. <sighs> so maybe I'll start by saying I'm thrilled to be here. Actually, it's. Uh, quite something to be able to share the dharma and some of these heart practices um, especially during these times it's it's quite something so i am would like to just quickly i'm going to like to unmute everybody it'll be a little bit loud but i just would it's just nice for people to say hello hello hi that kind of a thing otherwise um we all end up just being little flat pictures on our screen so if you just want to say a quick um hello that'd be great so get ready here we go everybody hi. unmuted hello hi hi, hi. hi everyone yeah. yes hi. great to see your faces and your name (laughs) sweet (laughs) fantastic oh i can hear somebody has a baby or a small child in the background that's great that's great okay so i'm gonna um mute us all back again and and i'm just going to jump in just a little bit with some talking and um, I was talking with Sylvia a little bit before we started, and she asked me, so, Dan, what are we doing? Is it all talking? Is it all guided meditations? It'll be a little bit of a mixture, um, and I can be completely flexible, so we can see how things go. I also would like to um, hear from you guys and to use some of the um, breakout rooms. Zoom has this capacity, as many of you know, where you can just talk with just a few people, two, three, four people. And that's nice. It's a nice way to connect with other people and have a, a real conversation as opposed to however many of us are here trying to talk all at once. So I think that um, all of us know this. Um, t- tonight I want to talk a little bit about meta. And I think all of us know, or many of us know, that metta is this Pali word, the language from that the Buddhist teachings are preserved in, that has a number of different meanings. It gets translated a number of different ways. And often it's loving kindness, but it also can be warm-heartedness, care, goodwill, friendliness, love loving friendliness, benevolence, altruistic love, care. So there's this big, broad range in which we can understand metta. And I'd like to encourage you to find your own words for this, one that is meaningful for you and resonates with your heart in some way. I'm going to use loving kindness a lot because... I don't know, that's what's the most familiar for me. And I have done a lot of loving kindness practice. So it has a particular meaning for me. But it, that 
for some people feels stilted or stuffy or, you know, something like this. So um, you're welcome to use your own word for, for metta, or if you hear me saying loving kindness, to substitute in something else. And so we all know that to love is to care for and to have warmth towards but often when we, um, in just our regular speech, when we use this idea of love, it's restricted to those people that we know and that we're familiar with and that we like. And so metta, or loving kindness, is a little bit of an expansion. Or as some people would say, it's a maturation, it's a growth of that I want to say of that loving feeling, but then it of course brings to mind that song, right? <laughs> that you've got that loving feeling. Anybody knows that song? So metta um, is unconditional. Um, it's, it gives itself easily that it's um, not restricted and it persists despite there might be some obstacles or some things that might get feel like they might get in the way, but metta is still there. And it makes no demands on anybody or anything. So it's this really, um, it's a quality of, with no discrimination between individuals or between um, particular conditions or particular settings. And that might feel like, or even sound like some really kind of lofty, idealized goal. But it's a, it's a, something that we can recognize that is possible. I can say this, it is possible. And um, wherever we are in our way that we experience metta, whether it's like sometimes we have some warm-hearted feeling, or whether we feel like we're just oozing uh, friendliness and kindness all the time, wherever we are in this big, broad spectrum, it's a good thing. And we don't have to dismiss some of the, maybe um, the simpler expressions or experiences of loving kindness, thinking that's supposed to be some exalted thing uh, or some exalted experience. It's all good. It's all good. So maybe, because um, we don't have that many of us here, maybe I will unmute us all again and then people could just say what is one word or two words that you like for loving kindness i'm sorry for metta see i keep on saying loving kindness but i gave a few warm-heartedness care love friendliness loving friendliness benevolence goodwill what what for you is one of these words and you can just say them out loud. And if we say them on top of one another, that's okay. Um, I'll try to, um, if I'll, I'll repeat them if need be, or, but this may be a little bit messy, but that's okay. That's okay. Okay. So I've unmuted everybody. If you'd like to say what, what is, um, what's a word that you like for metta? I particularly like benevolence. 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 Great. Thank you. Dave. Mm. 
Anybody else? What came up tonight for me was care. Care. For me, it feels like moving forward. Moving forward, nice. Moving toward. Moving toward. Mm-hmm. Kindness. Kindness. Mm-hmm. Goodwill. Goodwill. Anybody else? Oh, Adelaide, you're muted. I think you're speaking, but you're muted. I'm sorry. Um, I said I've always resonated with loving kindness, but just liked it. But what came out for me just now was the notion of freely given. Mm. And the free, freely given is on both ends. Like there's a, it's like free as it goes out, and it's free when it lands. Nice, nice. Thank you, Adelaide. And Joseph, I, I see that sometimes you're on the video and off the video. You're welcome to do whatever uh, makes sense for you and you feel comfortable with. Anybody else want to say something about this? Okay, I'll mute us all again. Just to diminish the um, the background noise. Probably many of you know that loving kindness is one of the Brahma Viharas. Brahma Viharas. Um, <laughs> I I, uh, I heard it described the other day. Somebody used it a highfalutin word, and I kind of laughed. I haven't heard that expression in a long time. Highfalutin. It means um, one of the heavenly abodes. But what this um, points to is that as we cultivate and develop loving kindness, metta, that it just starts to grow. This is a natural process. Of course, we can cultivate and develop it, and that's a little bit what we'll do tonight. But it just naturally starts to grow and to expand. This is just like it can't help itself. And as it expands... We can imagine that it's uh, meeting more and more people, more and more beings. And then when it, um, um, when loving kindness, when metta meets um, individuals in which there are some, they're having some difficulties or some suffering. We use this word suffering to mean, you know, difficulties, challenges, hardships. Then it gets, then um, loving kindness gets transformed into compassion. The Pali word for that is karuna. And compassion is this recognizing the difficulties that others are having and a sincere wish to help or a sincere wish that that suffering be um, alleviated, be ended. It doesn't mean that we actually do these actions for compassion, but it's the sincere wish, oh, may they be free from their suffering. And then people very often do things, but that's not a requirement in order to have compassion. And then as um, metta grows and it um, meets individuals, beings in which they are experiencing um, some joy, then their joy delights us. We're happy that they're happy. 
and we call that mudita or um, sympathetic joy and that is this uh, wish for their joy to continue for wish that whatever um, good fortune that they're experiencing for it to not end so that's the third Brahman Vahara. And then the fourth is um, equanimity. And this, there's a number of different ways we can understand that. But one of it is um, sometimes right, we meet individuals in which we have no role in the welfare of the others. And we have this wish that um, we ourselves do not become agitated when we... Um, or meeting what we can't control, and having our hearts open and responsive. So equanimity is this balanced um, um, attitude, stance, perspective that we can take. So that Brahma Vihara is loving kindness, metta, um, karuna, compassion, sympathetic joy, mudita, equanimity, uh, upeka, that's the four of them. And we have four weeks. Probably, um, I'm going to feel into and see what uh, seems uh, appropriate. But given this time that we're in, we probably will spend a certain amount of time on compassion, how to work with all the difficulties that are happening, both for ourselves and for others. So, probably, as many of you know, we can cultivate all of these. We don't have to wait for all the perfect conditions to arise in which our heart feels open and soft and loving. And um, sometimes it feels, might feel a little awkward. Um, I'll say that for me at the beginning, it felt a little bit awkward. It felt a little contrived. And I felt like that I was supposed to be like, I don't know, like emanating rainbows or something. And um, it, and then I just felt uncomfortable. But in the same way, exactly in the same way, if um, aliens were to arrive and here on our planet and gyms were still open and they were to go to the gym, they would be quite perplexed. Like, why are these people like running in place and not going anywhere? Why are these people like moving these heavy things that don't need to be moved? Right? So. There's a, um, just in the same way that we use um, particular equipment to, with our, uh, the muscles in our body, we can think of a Brahma Vihara practice, metta practice, as a way of developing and cultivating things in the mind. I would say it's, the analogy is a pretty good one, that it's, um, that the more that we do it, the stronger, quote-unquote, that we get. Even though there might be difficulties, it might be, feel a little bit awkward, maybe be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, just in the same way that any physical exercise that we do. So I'm going to um, just say a few more words, and then we'll um, do a little bit of meditation. And these few words are, um, we might, um, maybe to highlight the importance of allowing positive emotions, uplifting emotions to flourish, to grow and to be there. 
I'm not saying to pretend like everything is roses when it isn't. I'm not saying that um, we should uh, exclusively look at things through rose-colored glasses. I am saying that it can be enormously beneficial, not only for ourselves, but for people around us, for us to allow some of these positive emotions to grow and that we can um, use them to support ourselves and to support others. Just in the same way that if there are two people that are stuck in the mud, it's really hard for two people in quicksand to get out of the quicksand. But if one person is able to get out, they can really help the other person. And I think um, many of us know this too, that just as panic is contagious, calm is contagious also. So if some people can um, have some uh, calm, some settledness, um, some not be uh, extremely agitated or um, I'll just say this, not being agitated, it can make a big difference. Not only, of course, for ourselves, but for others. So cultivating metta and cultivating compassion and sympathetic joy and equanimity, but I'm going to focus on loving kindness and compassion for right now. They really can be integral integral to just our well-being in general. It can be integral to how we are in our community, whether that's a community online, whether it's just with family members we're living with, whether it's just a relationship we have to ourselves, or whatever it might be for us to cultivate these um, loving kindness and compassion can really make a difference. And it'll make a difference, I'm sorry, make a difference in our relationships. And then the third thing, it can make a really make a difference in our path of practice. In our meditation practice, our movement, our wish to be um, moving towards greater peace, greater freedom, greater ease. And part of the reason why this works or why cultivating positive emotions i'll use this word emotions why that can be helpful is it can allow us to view situations with a bigger perspective i think all of us have this experience that when we're in pain having difficulties whether it's emotional pain or whether it's um, physical pain our attention gets really small and tight, and we often don't notice anything else, or we just kind of get consumed with the difficulty. And we are become less sensitive to what's going on around us. We become less sensitive to other things that are happening. But if we have a certain amount or able to tap into a little bit of well-being or any positive emotion, some happiness, some settledness, even if it's just a small amount, it allows us to view us, start to view things from a bigger perspective. And with that bigger perspective, of course, we can be, um, have maybe some different ideas may arise about what the most skillful thing might be to do next. We can be more receptive to others. Um, it might um, help us to have some Maybe I'll just say this. 
it can, um, once we start having some positive experiences, it also can create the conditions for a positive spiral. It's easier to take care of ourselves when we're not in the midst of stress and difficulties and pain. So maybe importantly also, I'll say that positive emotions help diminish our self-preoccupation. So that busyness we have with ourselves and our difficulties. And this, if we can help diminish that part of one outcome, part of the positive uh, um, consequences of that, is that it frees up energy and increases our capacity to serve and love others. So I spoke a little bit longer than I was expecting to, but maybe I'm preaching to the choir here. I just wanted to, sometimes when there's a lot of difficulties, there's people like, well, really, should I be cultivating loving kindness? Shouldn't I, with this COVID-19 and that everything's happening, shouldn't I be doing something else? And I just kind of wanted to highlight how this practice can be transformative and can really support us. And not only that, it can support us so that we can support others, so that we can really help those people that are struggling around us and to help us to know to do the right things, to be sheltering in place and to only doing what's essential. Maybe I'll open it up for questions. Does anybody have a question or a comment so far on what we've said, what I've said? Okay. Oh, Abraham, yes. Are you, just in terms of sound, is there a microphone you can move closer to your mouth? Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's a good question. So is it hard to hear me? Yeah. But, you know, I got my telecoil stuff on. I'm, I'm, I'm usually able to hear you very easily, so I'm surprised today that I can't. Yeah, I'm using a little bit different equipment today. Um, ah, you know, okay. I don't have another microphone here. I'll be fine. I'll be equanimous. <laughs> Thank you, Abraham. <laughs> okay, let's do some guided meditation. Like enough words. Let's let's just uh, let's just uh, get into this. So let's take an alert, upright posture, and I'm use, I'm saying this word alert and upright, but maybe um, when we're doing loving kindness. There can also be an emphasis on softness and ease and comfort. So it doesn't have to be that we're in a um, stiff position. But maybe the alertness reflects um, our intention to pay attention. So let's, we can start with just three long, slow, deep breaths. 
And it might be that with the exhale, there's a certain amount of relaxation, a certain amount of ease. And then to support a sense of ease. It can be helpful to check in with different areas of the body. Sometimes just bringing our awareness to them can help them relax or soften. Places where we often feel tightness is around the eyes or the mouth. Sometimes the shoulders. You might check in with the chest and the heart center. Can there be a way in which the there can be just a little bit more openness? And the belly, can there be some softness? And then can bring our awareness to the sensations of breathing. That is just resting the attention on the movement of the abdomen, the movement of the chest. We'll stay here just for a little bit with mindfulness of the sensations of breathing. Nothing in particular needs to be happening. We're just noticing, just using the breath as a place to gather our attention, to collect our attention. And then to begin loving kindness practice, we'll start where it's easy. So bring to mind somebody, some being for whom it's easy to feel warmth, love, care, benevolence, goodwill. 
whichever word or combination of words resonates for you. This being can be somebody you know. It can be somebody you know about, spiritual leader, for example. Or it can be like a kittens and puppies or babies of any sort. You can feel into the body. Is there any sense of softness, warmth, well-being since you brought this lovable being to mind? There may be something there. There may not be. It's perfectly fine. And then to help us cultivate loving kindness, can repeat the phrases. That is, you can silently repeat them in your mind as a way to remind ourselves of our intention of cultivating loving kindness. So again, having this lovable being in mind. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. 
May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And in the same way that we can each have our own words for metta, we can have our own phrases that resonate or speak to us. And it can be helpful to touch in with the body again and see if there's any part of our experience that is maybe feeling a little more soft, a little more open, a little more gentle, warm. And if so, allowing that experience to really support us. Nurture us. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease.
There's not a requirement that we feel anything in particular when we're doing loving kindness practice. It might be that there's a loving feeling that arises, but it might not be too. It's perfectly fine. We don't have to force it. We don't have to try to manufacture or create it. And then we can build on this loving kindness for the lovable being, metta for the lovable being, by imagining that they're having some amount of difficulty. It doesn't have to be the most difficult. It doesn't have to be the most painful. Just a little bit of difficulty. And then from this loving place, it just naturally happens that we have this wish for their difficulty to end, for them to be free from their challenge, hardship, suffering. And so for this, with this wish for the difficulty to end, metta um, transforms into compassion. And we can say a phrase like this one. May you be free from your difficulties. May you be free from your difficulties. May you be free from your difficulties. So compassion is not only recognizing the difficulties that others are having. That's more empathy. Compassion is different in that it's recognizing that they're having difficulties and coupled with this love. And the love 
engenders this wish for the difficulties to end. And then to end this meditation, feel your feet on the ground, feel the pressure of the chair or the cushion against your body. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. So in that meditation, we looked at how loving kindness can be cultivated by um, these three elements. There's a number of different ways in which we can do it. Tonight we did it with bringing to mind a lovable being, the first element. The second is using sensations in the body as a support. And the third is to use phrases. And then to cultivate... uh, loving kindness in any way that makes sense or any way that um, to whatever is available at that time. And then to bring to mind some difficulty that somebody is having so that loving kindness just transforms into compassion. But the compassion comes out of this loving place as opposed to this feeling like, oh, poor you, look at me, I'll help you. So it's not that feeling as much as out of my love and care is a sincere wish for your difficulties to end. So maybe um, I think it's, it can really um, help us to under, understand what our experiences are or and or to integrate them if we're able to talk about them, not so much that we have to tell other people, but sometimes just the activity of speaking, trying to find words that go with our experience or trying to like figure out really what, um, um, yeah, maybe to integrate and understand better. It can be really helpful to talk with others. So I would like to put you into some um, breakout rooms so you have an opportunity to speak with just a few other people so that it's um, without um, having to um, feel like we all have to talk over one another or um, take time to do that. So I'm going to put you into rooms that are for three to four participants 
And I know like some um, people may not be participating, may not want to. So hopefully there'll be at least two people. But if you find that you're, uh, you know, Zoom is doing this uh, randomly. If you find you're in a group and nobody else is speaking, then um, get out of the group and come back to the main group and I'll put you in with another one. So I'll give you guys um, maybe ten, uh, maybe like 12 to 15 minutes. And the prompt here is just to share what was that like for you to do this meditation that was about loving kindness and then moving into compassion for a lovable being. Was that easy? Was it straightforward? Are you, it's not even clear what the difference between loving kindness is. Maybe you were asleep the whole time. It doesn't matter. You're allowed to say whatever you'd like to say, but just to um, kind of share what your experience was and some ideas that you might have, and then we'll come back and talk about them. Okay, so have fun. Oh, wait, so let's see here. I'm sorry, I'm going to make a little change here. Yeah, there we go. Have fun. Love to hear a little bit about that. For me, I thought it was a good sign that um, I gave you guys 60 seconds and you didn't immediately come back. So that's a good sign. It means that you at least were talking or something. But um, would anybody like to share what was that like to talk about this? Did you learn anything about yourself? Um, um, I don't know. Anything you'd like to share about that experience? Mary, I'm going to unmute you. Oh, I'm still muted? No. (laughs) Don't unmute me, Abraham. That's dangerous. I talk too much. (laughs) So does anybody have something they'd like to say? I have a... I may have an opinion, I mean, a, a, a way to answer this, but it's maybe good to share it. It's about compassion and uh, the world that we live in sometimes, or maybe the world that I live in, where you or many people see compassion as a weakness. So then you are in an environment that I have every day, at least five meetings with Zoom or four meetings, where everyone's trying to win. Mm. So I was thinking about that while I was doing the, that part of the meditation. 
so it's good that I started with something simple, so something that is easy. Mm. Because in the day-to-day, it's kind of difficult to to let your the winning go when everyone's trying to win and you don't want to be pushed around. Mm. Yeah. Felipe, can you say a little bit more about the uh, the connection between compassion and being pushed around? Well, um, if you you can show compassion towards someone who is talking and he has difficulties doing something in the group of your work in your work, uh, but it's difficult to see that the other way around. People show that compassion to you. Can you say what does that mean to you to like to show compassion? What, what is that? What does that mean? Somebody didn't finish a work that he was doing, and the uh, compassion way to show compassion. I mean, compassion would be uh, what can I do to help you, or what in which way I can help you with uh, that, or somebody in the group can help you. And sometimes some groups uh, that is well received, but usually is. It's like a sign of a note. He needs to learn that he needs to do things uh, on time and all that talk. Yeah. So there's a few things here. One is sometimes there's this idea that to um, be compassionate, that we don't maintain boundaries in some way, that we just kind of like accept anything and allow anything to happen. And because to be spiritual means that we just tolerate everything or anything or something like this. But instead, compassion can be fierce. It can be saying like, you know, no, these, here's a boundary. You know, there's these expectations that um, you can do this, but you can't do that. And, but it can be done in such a way, like setting these boundaries and being clear, that there is zero hostility, zero um, bad feeling. It comes from a place of uh, one's heart. Like, no, this is how we can work together. This is how we can, um, as a team, thrive, as if it's clear what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. I'm not saying these are easy conversations to have, but we can have them, one in which there can be absolute um, boundary setting without hostility or bad feelings or something like this. So that might take a little practice. So maybe that's one thing that I'll say. The second thing that I'll say is that compassion is often um, um, like an ennobling experience that is we can like oh it's an opportunity which given our our skills our interests our capacity to consider or to think how might i help it doesn't compassion doesn't require that we actually have to do it but to um it's ennobling to imagine uh how can i help others or myself in a way that's helpful (laughs) in a way that's like really helpful as opposed to disguised as uh, pity or something like that. 
But for me, I, I find it helpful to think about this compassion as somehow ennobling, that it's a way in which it's an opportunity in which we can bring the best versions of ourselves to what's happening. I don't know. Was that helpful, Felipe, or did I completely miss where you are? No sound. Yeah, Felipe, you're muted. It, it was helpful. Thank you. It is uh, an exercise where this is a chicken and egg problem. Sometimes I see it. Like you think that they, are, they really want sharks in the room. So you think that you need to be the biggest shark. So when you don't want to go in that direction, you assume that you're going to be pushed around or you're going to lose. But I think for me, the solution or the, the way to see it is life is too short to stay there. So I just will just do it. I will just be compassionate. And if uh, we're trying to hold the boundary of if I'm being pushed around, it's like, no, yes, this and that. So yeah. it, it was helpful. Thank you. Yeah, it's really common. And I myself did this too in the beginning to think like, okay, to be compassionate meant that I had to tolerate everything. And that it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel, it wasn't ennobling. Instead, I felt like, uh, I don't know, like taken advantage of in some cases or something. Like, like it, it wasn't an opportunity for me to, bring the best versions, what I have to offer and to give to this world. So it's just something for us to consider when we think about compassion is it's a way, it doesn't have to look any one particular way, except it comes out of a place of well-wishing or love, benevolence, goodwill, friendliness, whatever word you want to use, complete absence of hostility. It's not a, um, you know, I'm going to do this, so that you, you know, there's sometimes we have this quiet little voices in our heads that might be thinking something that's not loving kindness, let's say that. But it can be fierce. It can be fierce. It can be very clear saying no. No. So I, I offer that. Maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, next week because I there's I am I'm thinking of there's this uh, um, book chapter um, I think uh, Bruni you you read this when I did too and it was called uh, I think it was called stupid compassion and it was about how um, how often we have this idea that you know to be compassionate is to tolerate everything and it turns out that's not really helpful for anybody Instead, compassion may take courage or strength. So thank you for sharing that, Felipe. Anybody else have a comment or a question? Yeah, what I get uh, at that point, then the compassion to me seems to have to broaden more and turn around towards me. I have to be compassionate toward myself. That's where that firm boundary is put in place. Nice. Thank you, Abraham. If you can. Yeah, right. It's easy to kind of fall into the trap that, okay, I'll, I'll sacrifice my well-being at this moment 
in order to, for whatever reason it might be, and that doesn't create the conditions for good relationships or best versions of ourselves. Anybody else? That um, the physical experience is the it's a good entry point for me, rather than the mental um, sayings. Nice. Thank you, Lish. And is this something that's, um, do you practice with this way too? With like, um, Metta never made sense to me. I mean, it made sense. It made sense that I didn't like actually until I had, was introduced to it more physically and or more visually um, and less intellectually. So that's what I've used over the last five, six years. Yeah, that's works for me. And I appreciated that you're, you, you walked us through that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Lish. I um, debated whether I was going to do a visualization for us, but uh, I couldn't quite get in the mood for a visualization. So I said, okay, well, I don't want to talk about something that I'm not quite there yet, but maybe, maybe next week we'll do a visualization that involves more of the body or something. So. Yeah, and I can make one other comment is that um, I was on your happy hour, I don't know, last week or the week before, and some of the equanimity um, and that's been really helpful for me in this time when I have people in my life I care about that are really suffering. And so the compassion can kind of get a little overwhelmed and needs that balance of the equanimity at times. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lish. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't talk about equanimity so much today, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes we need some equanimity there. I would like to say something about that if I could. Uh, I've said this prior today already. Um, I am confused about equanimity because it doesn't feel heartfelt to me. It feels very intellectual, whereas mudita and uh, metta, loving kindness, they feel much more immediate. I can access them much easier. And... uh, uh, I can care about somebody, and if they're hurting, I know I feel compassion, and sometimes I can do something about it, and sometimes I can't, and I have to be okay with that. But that, to me, is not equanimity. That is still compassion. I'm still feeling compassion whether I can do something or not. Where does equanimity come in, and how can I access that uh, other than just have an intellectual understanding of it? Yeah, this is a great question, Abraham. Thank you for asking it. I'm going to, um, in these four weeks, I'm going to do at least one week on equanimity. But And so I'll flesh it out more then. But I will say this. Um, you're absolutely right. It has a, a different, um, I'll use this expression, emotional tone or something. Yeah. Equanimity definitely feels a little bit more cooler, right, than, um, uh-huh. than the uh, other three. And there's so many different ways in which we can understand equanimity. And in fact, um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And um, But I'll be doing it also here. I'll tie it in more with the Brahma Viharas and how um, we can use it to support our loving kindness and compassion practices specifically. I'll bring that in um, on these Wednesday nights too. But Abraham, you're absolutely right. It has a different tone warmth temperature maybe maybe something like that 
Thank you. Uh, these have started to feel much better for me since they became heartfelt and in my body. And that's why I'm saying this, because the other three are heartfelt. They're not intellectual exercises. Uh, so if you could tell me when you're going to do that, I'd be really interested in. And I also really liked how you tied together moving from loving kindness to compassion and making it part of a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll say one more thing about equanimity here. One thing that um, might be helpful is that equanimity is um, just like compassion is born out of love. Like all of these are born out of love. We start with love. I'm using love as metta. It's kind of like love. And, you know, when just like compassion is born out of love. Equanimity is it born out of a love for seeing things clearly. It's born out of a love for the truth or something like that. So maybe it has not the same kind of warm heartedness. Maybe it's more uh, like an appreciation or a um, recognition. I'm not sure what the words are exactly, but it's, it's a, it's born out of love, but it's kind of a love that definitely has more of a, it does have a mental element with it. You're welcome, Abraham. So this is a four-week class. Is yes. this a four? I thought it was a one-nighter. I'm I'm relieved. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> a one-nighter. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute, Mary. Does Does anybody else have a, a comment? Well, you know, I, I, I just have loved from the very beginning when I was first, you know, learning about these teachings. I, I learned about the Brahma Viharas early on through Sharon Salzberg and all the, you know, all those people. And I have just loved it so much. Um, and I feel like that is a big part of how my life how I've been able to, to, I don't know what the word is, change. It has really impacted me, really impacted me. I'll put it that way. And, and I, you know, when in doubt, I do, I do loving kindness. I mean, and it's just, um, I, I, at the beginning, I was very, very like, I have to say the right words. Which ones are they? Oh, my God, I can't remember what they are and all that. But now I just throw in whatever I feel is is going to work for whatever I am doing loving kindness for. And I don't even worry about about whether they're the, the right words or not. You know, I just like throw in whatever. And it, it just I just love this. I just really it's such a blessing to me in my life. So thank you for doing this series. I didn't know you were going to do this. So this is wonderful. You're welcome, Mary. You're welcome. So I'm, I'm, um, if anybody has some other comments, I, or I'm looking at the time. Um, I'm feeling like maybe this is enough for right now. But 
No, we don't. Sometimes, like, uh, you know, on Zoom, things feel, I don't know, a little bit different than if we were in person. So maybe we'll end here. We'll end a little bit early. Give you guys some bonus minutes. (laughs) It feels warm. That's what it feels like. Nice, nice. Warm as Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll meet uh, next week. And until then, may you all have safety. May you have happiness and health. And may you live with ease. Thank you. Thank you. It was a it was a delight to practice with you all. Maybe I'll ring the bell here as a way to say goodnight. So now I'll unmute everybody and we can just say goodbye. It's kind of fun to do this. Again, right beware. It'll be it might be loud. I don't know. Here we are. We're all unmuted. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.